0: Lost Talk Radio.
1: Uh, Hello, everybody. This is Ravinda, your host at MZN Indie Radio, and uh, I want to welcome you here for our tribute to Tupac, one of our lost soldiers, and uh, we're going to have a great evening talking about memories about Tupac regarding the man, his music, his talent, his, his views on life, you know, some personal experiences from his friends, family, and fans, and of course from our special co-host, uh, Mr. Troy Mann, who's going to be here um, also to talk about his inspiration of Tupac, as well as uh, Donald Tavier from the Dan Lakeside, who's also worked with Tupac. Um, some other folks are going to be calling, so I want you all to sit back and enjoy. We're not going to mourn, we're going to celebrate, and we're going to remember Tupac. So let me just go start off with talking about his background. You know, for those of you who are living under a rock that doesn't know anything about Tupac, Tupac was Shakur was born on June sixteenth, nineteen seventy one, in Brooklyn, New York. Um, unfortunately, he died on September thirteenth of nineteen ninety six, um, shot to death. Tupac was a member of the hip hop group Digital Underground, whose nineteen ninety album featured the hit a Humpty Dance, we all remember that, and uh, Do What You Like. In 92, he began his solo career and his debut album, uh, Tupacalypse, now propelled him to um, stardom and made him one of the more prominent practitioners of gangster rap. And um, a lot of people know that. and A lot of people are big fans. If you're not, you don't know much about Tupac. His other album and his appearances in movies such as Juice and Poetic Justice, that was with... Uh, Janet Jackson, helped him to become a mainstream pop artist. He also made headlines over a string of run-ins with the law, and there's a lot of people that go through that. And in 94, he was robbed and he was shot five times. He recovered, and in the next year, he released some more successful albums, Me Against the World and All Eyes on Me. Uh, However, he was embroiled in a complicated feud with some fellow gangster rappers and unfortunately was murdered in Vegas in 96. Now, if you all know about Miss Nikki Giovanni, the poet, she wrote All Eyes on Me, which is basically about Tupac. So, of course, fans still think Tupac still walks among us, and he doesn't. He is with God. So, you know, we want to just celebrate the fact that he did live his life here, however short it was, but we appreciate the time we did have with him. So... Today we're going to play some of his music, and we're going to talk to some, um, you know, fans and family. But first, I also want to introduce my special co-host, Troy Man. Troy Man, you there?
2: Yeah, I'm here. How you doing?
1: Hey, how are you?
2: I'm good. I'm good. You know, surviving, well, well, which is uh, the main mission of every person that lives on this earth. I'm good.
1: <laughs> well, I want to thank you for agreeing to be a special guest co-host. You're one of Tupac's biggest fans. And um, before I I ask you some more questions about Tupac, can you tell us a little bit about yourself?
2: Well, um, I've recently known that I've stepped out of just uh, the section of just a music artist. I am known as an entertainer now, seeing as if I have done movies. Um, (laughs) um, But I I entertain. I entertain people that love to be entertained that much. I'm a music artist. I'm a producer. I'm a writer. Um, I, I'm an actor. So basically, you can see where you know I've kind of fall in the line of following uh, my idol, which is Tupac Um, That's what I. That's what I do. I, I do music. Um, I act. So, and I'm, I've been doing it for a while. And I've been doing music since I was four. And I've been you know I'm goofy. So I've been acting since I came out. So <laughs> it's kind of second second nature with me, but. That's what I knew. Um, I just recently turned eighteen on uh, April seventeenth. Um, I'm the oldest so of four. So, you know, I got a lot to I got a lot to live for. And uh, I just thank God well, that he's served keeping you. me here this whole time.
1: Well, congratulations congratulations, happy birthday, fellow Aries. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. And, um, you are very talented. I've been checking out everything that's been going on with you, and congratulations on a lot of that um activity. I can see you propelling into you know a great career. So tell me how did um Tupac inspire you
2: um a lot of people when they when they hear the word inspire, they think that once they're the person that is doing the inspiring, once they do something that's so remarkable that they automatically adapt to it or they take from it and they use it in their own lifestyle. That's usually what people take as the word influence. Tupac, just everything, of course his music, it helped a lot, an awful lot, but really Tupac in general as a person, just how he was, I I saw it in interviews and, you know, in videos, how funny he could be and Things like that, and it inspired me because you know everybody loved him. Everyone loved him. There's a little bit of Tupac in everyone, you know. You can't go anywhere without asking a person have they heard of Tupac and not get a solid answer back. And it was just like Tupac. He wasn't selfish. He wanted to. He he wanted to help the people that needed to be helped. And like I see that within me. I think that's why I relate to him so well. So Tupac has been my influence just because of who he is. Not. Also of what he does, but who he is is what sold me.
1: Wow. That's tremendous. So what was it that you liked the most about him? You know, like name some characteristics about him um, that, you know, were pretty common for everybody that, that really knew about him that you liked.
2: Tupac is is ambitious, I must say. Tupac is very ambitious. He, he has a drive unlike no other. When he says that he's gonna do something, he gets up and he does it. And it's like, you know, it's like, instead of him sitting here talking about it, he actually takes action. He doesn't, he doesn't wait. Or, you know, he doesn't think it over. Once he thinks of something brilliant, it's like, bam, it's time to go. You know, all of a sudden. So, really his ambition to, you know, not to just make money, or not just to make music for people to listen to, but to try to change, try to change the world. He saw the world for what it really was. Or, you know, it, the world's not perfect. People in the world aren't perfect. And he saw that how it really was, and he took messages that he saw, such things as, Brenda's got a baby, and such things as, keep your head up, and, you know, things about death, This things that he saw. He doesn't cover it up and make it seem like his life is perfect, because everybody knows that it wasn't. You saw it in the mainstream, you know, so it's like, Tupac, he, he took what he saw, and he figured... If I show the people that don't see it, then maybe it can help. And he was that he was absolutely right. And the people that did see it every day they related to it and they grew from it. They knew that was their time to mature. Wow.
1: Well, I I know a lot of people that are big fans of hip and uh I know a lot of artists that emulate their own careers behind the way he, you know, did his, so how did his music style encourage you to actually begin your music career?
2: Really, it's like with music, a lot of people look at music as like music is your canvas, you know, just the way the artist has his paintbrush and his different colors of paint, you know, music is the same thing. Once that track is played, that it's your canvas. It's, we have to see how creative you can be on a song. Usually before Tupac you can't lie, a lot of music it was, you know, strictly dance or stuff that you hear in the club or, you know basically Tupac took it and he and he reflected it, you know, of course, upon himself. He he it was like a music for him was like a giant mirror. And, you know, my life's not perfect either, so I figured, hey, you know, listening to Tupac my whole life, you know, taking you know, being able to you know, adapt and copy his flows. I was like, okay, well, this, this isn't that hard. So at a young age, at like, you know, nine, I started writing my own lyrics. You know, I knew they weren't the best, but I started. And, you know, with that, it was like, okay, I learned about different, I went through and learned about different things. So it was like, okay, say for instance, I might not have seen somebody get shot. Like Tupac said he has. Or I might not, I might not have seen, uh, you know, a Brenda. You know, I might not have seen these things, but I liked about the things I saw. You know, I saw this little kid steal um, some chips out of the corner store. You know, it's, it's just simple things that I saw. And with that, the more you write about the things that you see, the more you begin to grow. And it was like, wow, you know, Tupac has inspired me so much to do this. And people have seen my growth. It's like, I think, really, at the end of the day, I thank him because of, I think out of everyone, that, you know, influenced me and pushed me. And, you know, man, do your, do music, man. You're really, really good at it. I think out of everybody, without him knowing, I think he pushed me the most to express how I felt. And, you know, at the end of the day, it worked out for the better, I must admit. And
1: that's true. And, I, you know, there's a lot of people that, you know, actually have a, a great career using those same things that inspired you and the same things that you think about when it comes to, you know, um, what what are the best elements from your favorite person and your favorite artist to put in your own career? And a lot of people are doing that, but then some people want to just kind of overshadow that person and and try to be better than that. Uh, I don't believe that there's anyone that can kind of overrank Tupac at this time, but, you know, people are always trying. Now, if Tupac was still here with us, what is it that you'd like to see him doing?
2: Um. If Tupac was still here with us, I would like to see him still do Tupac. You know, which is perfect. Tupac, before he left, before he, you know, he he had to leave this earth. um, He had a plan. This whole, he had this plan that if if he had to do it by himself or with the people that were in his corner, that he was going to help the people that needed to be helped. And it's amazing how one person can just go from doing music and dropping albums to to you know going to your your hood and, you know, helping the people that need it the most. And it was like I could see Tupac basically right now if he was here I could see him, you know I could see him changing what a lot of people music sound like now. Like all these people that are out now they got this they got this music this music out and it's so simple and stuff like that, I think it would have changed if Pac was here, you know, I think that a lot of artists that are out now that are shining, you know, that you know maybe go in the opposite direction of Tupac, the the unpositive way, you know, wouldn't be here. I think that if they were here, they what they would rap about would be different. You know, I think that since he's passed, it just basically opened up a whole bunch of doors for these rappers to talk about any and everything. So, I think that if he was here it would definitely be a difference within the music industry, definitely. It wouldn't be the same as we hear now. All this negativity that we hear now, I'm pretty sure it wouldn't be here if Tupac
1: was. Well, I can agree with you on that. Now, it was very untimely and very unfortunate that, you know, the situations that led up to his death took place. And um, in the past, we've lost a lot of artists, mostly from, you know, tragic accidents, things like that or self self-influenced uh destruction you know when it came to the violence that ensued before he died you know a lot of it brought a lot of attention to people about bringing violence in the music industry you know and i'm not sure if it's completely stopped because i know a lot of people are still beefing about this that and the other and they still bring up you know trying to kill somebody or threatening to kill somebody so you know, hopefully we can get past that, and we're going to talk about that a little later. But, um a lot of people were very sadly stricken when he passed. How did it affect you when he died?
2: Well, when, uh, po when I found out that Pac- passed, I was four years old. And, uh, I remember, like, it was yesterday, actually. My mom, she, she sat me down because she knew how much I listened to Tupac at a young age. She was like, alright, son, I got to tell you something. So I'm like, what's up, mom? She says, Troy. Tupac died um, earlier today, and I was like, Tupac not dead? You know, I'm, I'm thinking, man, Tupac, last time I heard that Tupac was anywhere, I heard that he was in jail, so I just kept well, going, man, Tupac's not dead, Tupac's in jail. So everybody, every time somebody told me that, man, I can't believe that Tupac is gone, man, or man, I can't believe that Tupac is dead, I'm like, man, Tupac's not dead, he's, he's in jail, what are y'all talking about? There was a sense of in denial, it was like... And then I think at a young age I eventually accepted the fact that he was gone. I was like, man, he's really gone. But I didn't want I didn't want people to to know that I accepted it. So I still at the end of the day I'm like, man, Tupac's still here. You tripping? <laughs> you know, Tupac is alive. I don't care what you say. And it was like after a while when I finally realized it, I couldn't believe it. I was like, man, this. This is crazy. And then right after it seems like right after that, right after he passed, that's when this negativity in the music just starts sinking in. That was their cue, basically. That was their cue for these artists nowadays to just come in and do as you please. Wet house. Do do whatever you do whatever you need to do to make your money, basically. They didn't care about, you know, who was gonna hear it. They didn't care about if it was going to be played in the room for the eight year olds, and the eight year olds basically took that, what you sang in the song, and ran with that lifestyle. They didn't care about that. So at this time, this is like, okay, well, Tupac definitely would have cared, and since everybody else doesn't, I guess I have to step up, and I have to start. So at like nine, ten, eleven years old, I started writing. It was horrible at first, but I started. You have to, you gotta start somewhere. So when I started, I grew, and now, we're here now. You know what I'm saying? I, I have I have a little bit of buzz right now. A lot of people think that I'm spreading positive things, and I love that they think that. I love the opinions, but Tupac's death, when, when it happened, it was like, it was kind of like he was telling me this is where you start. I need you to pick up where I left off. So I was like, you know what? Let's do it.
1: Now, we know that you know, he was about a lot of positive things and, and he was still surrounded by a lot of negative things. Now, out of the things that he did believe in, uh, was it something in particular that you also shared a belief in?
2: I think me and Tupac have the same belief of, of having faith. Just knowing that living under God, that anything is possible. You know, there's no, there's no boundaries on how much you can't succeed. There's no, you know, there's no turning point. There's no well we've reached the end, that's it. There's there's none of that. The, it, with faith and with faith in God you can go anywhere. And I really feel that some artists nowadays they, they think that that, you know, they'll only go so far. You don't know that. You don't know what God has in store for you. So it's like exceeding over your expectations. That's what that's what pops up all the time. He's like, okay, It might be good to, you know, that I that I went to this little community center and talked to these kids and now they know what to do and what not to do. But I think I could do better. I I think instead of the community center, I could do this whole arena. After he does the arena, he's like, You know what? The arena was amazing. But I don't think I could do just the arena. I think I could do the whole world and sure enough he did. In his music. Eventually you, you gotta look at it. When he died when Tupac died, the faith of his music lived on. It was like, it, it, it exceeded outside of the U.S. It went to Afghanistan, Africa, London. It, you gotta understand these people that are speaking different dialects every day are listening to Tupac like, you know, he was from there. You know what I'm saying? It's like, Tupac, Tupac had faith. I have faith. A lot of other artists have faith. In their self, we'd have a better place to live in this this spot that we call the world. I promise you, we would.
1: Wow, that's amazing. And I, I liked a lot of the things that he talked about. I just wish it was a better forum for him um, because it's, it's one thing if you're talking to kids that love your music. It's another thing to get that message to their parents and to the adult peers, you know, that are all, only looking at you in a negative eye. That's the part that really, you know, keeps your message from getting out there. If you only, if you're raised up in a certain atmosphere, you, you're not going to know the best ways to communicate what you're trying to say to people, uh, people who didn't grow up where you grew up, you know, things like that. So I think that that was the biggest challenge that he had in getting his message to the people above the children. You know, trying to help them to explain what he's trying to say in his music. Cause people had this preconception about gangster rap and just assume we just always rapping about killing people, you know. It's, it's a, more to it than that, you know. So, uh, I hope that other people will be able to actually listen to the music and then try to, like, read be between the lines and, and try to get a better understanding. Now, out of the things that Tupac's done in his life, And of of all the positive things, what would you like to do as an artist, an up-and-coming artist, and someone who is being very successful, almost sharing in some of the same direction as him, what would you like to do in his honor to carry out what he started and never got to finish?
2: I would like to basically refuel the human mind. That's basically basically what happened. I mean, like, if we really look at it, that's what happened. Pac, when he was here... He, he woke people up. People, the people that, that never saw, saw these things that was under their nose the whole time, he woke them up. He, he enlightened these people that never saw these kind of things. And it was like, as soon as he died, they went right back to sleep. And it's like, you know, with that, it's like, that's why pop music is still so relevant today. Like, it's still struggles that happen to this very day. But most people figure since he died, so did the word. No. You know, it doesn't work that way. So with that, I think that's where it's my obligation or my responsibility or my job to step up and refill that word in again. No, you don't don't have to go over here, grab this gun and shoot this guy. You don't have to do that. What are you doing? You're not alone. You you got people here that love you for for a strong human being, for a strong woman you know, not calling people out of their name, some stuff like that, people just forgot all about it. As soon as he died, it was like it vanished in thin air. It's like it won't make you think that it should leave just because talk left. If anything, it should grow stronger. So I think that since it's gone now, the artist, there's some artists out now that that try to do it. but end up getting caught in the hype, you know, and the fame and the money and stuff like that. But there needs to be somebody there that's constantly doing it. And just given the word, uh, the the real word that Pop did, I think that's my responsibility. That's what I want to do to carry on in his honor, you know, for him.
1: And I'm so proud of that statement. <laughs> I'm very proud of you, a young man at your age, thinking that positively. And you're going to be a role model yourself for all these other little children out here they just not getting it. There's a lot of kids not getting it because their parents didn't get it. So you keep doing what you're doing, and maybe we'll get somewhere with this.
3: It looks Thank like we have a much. caller.
1: You're welcome, honey. Um, we have a caller from the area code of, uh, what is that? Caller from area code 818. Could you uh, state your name?
3: Hey, you doing? This is Candy, man. Hello? Hey, can you hear me?
1: Okay, I can hear you better. Could you tell me your name again?
3: This is Candyman. Hi, how are you doing, Candyman? I'm good. How you doing?
1: I'm doing pretty good. Thank you for calling. And We're talking about Tupac and sharing some memories. Can you tell us um, about your if you have a relationship with Tupac or you had an admiration for him? How did you feel um, about him?
3: Well, Pac basically raised me since I was a kid, so, you know, um, got to spend... From the time I was about ten, ten and a half, was about thirteen and a half, when he passed with him, took me in when I was a kid, and uh, basically taught me everything I knew.
1: Wow! So uh, you're you're an artist. You're an artist, yes, right? Yes, ma'am. Okay, so now what what did you learn from him as far as music?
3: Um. Phew what then all that um everything honestly just in the end just being true to yourself and being true to how you feel and you know what was going through you at that moment whether it be positive or negative it was like don't sugarcoat it just share it you know let people feel you for you nobody's perfect you know we used to always say that uh, a professional narrative therefore it's a sin because you know they say god you know if you believe in god everybody says god is perfect well if God is perfect and we're created in his image, then why don't all of us look the same? Because that's the perfection in life is a little what we as humanity consider imperfections. You know, it's like a hand, the handmade quilt. What makes it so beautiful and so perfect is the little differences while they're stitching at the few places where they messed up. Wow. So, so now, yeah, that was,
1: how did um, his death affect you?
3: Uh, yeah, I mean, you had a understand that was like my father figure, like literally, you know, from learning how to rap to just life in general, you know, Pop was the one, you know, I never really was around my own pops that much. So Pop was the one that taught me everything from playing ball to writing to you know, everything. So for me it was like my whole world came crashing. You know, you never expect the one person who's untouchable to pass away. You know, so when it happened it was like wow. You know, it just kinda literally Brought a whole new level of reality to life. I guess you kind of realize, like, wow, this man that I thought was untouchable is not untouchable. He's no longer here. You know, this man who taught me what I know is no longer around.
1: Now, did his did his death affect your music? I mean, did you did you um, feel the need to put any more profound work out, just just expressing your feelings about his, him being gone? Uh-huh
3: you know uh yes and no uh you know i've it's been what 14 years almost now so i grew up a lot as an artist in general you know you gotta understand i started with him when i was like 10 and a half going on 11 you know he passed away when i was like 13 and a half so for a while it was just a lot of getting my head together and getting myself together and coming to grips not only with his death but yaki Gaddafi from the outlaws which was basically like another brother to me um you know just coming to grips with their death and everything and you know? um you know, obviously you go through your phases, you give it up for him, but for me, you know, one of the biggest things I learned from him was not to ride his coattail, but to make him proud. And by make to make him proud, you don't necessarily have to run around and scream his name in every track or tell everybody how much you miss him. That's evident. You can't be a human being and not miss somebody and love somebody, especially when they were that close to you in your lifetime. But it was more like, you know, we can all sit here and say rest in peace, Pac, rest in peace, Yack, we love you and this and this. But it's like, you know, what are we really doing about it? And that's kind of the reality I had to come to was like, you know, let's not talk about it, let's be about it, let's do it.
1: Wow. Now, out of the various artists that you've worked with, would you say that, you know, um, any of them could compare to, you know, the work you did with Tupac and how he was in the, as an artist?
3: You know, to be an artist is special within its own. Like, to be an artist is some special. I don't think no two artists are alike. I don't think there ever be another Tupac. Just like I don't think there ever be another Storm or another Candyman or another Jimi Hendrix. You know, it's like we're all artists in our own right. Um, as far as Parks work work ethic, no, I've never seen anybody able to be, you know, do as much as he did in such a small amount of time. You know, people forget a lot of those albums that were recorded near the end. That was like a nine month process. You know, a fool came out of jail and it was like nine months where he did, you know, hundreds of songs. So, you know, as an artist, like, you know, I respect artists and musicians in general, and I think you get a cool vibe and a different experience, you know, whether it's working with the younger cats. I mean, I'll work with some of these cats from the hood that are, you know, 17, 18, 16, and you still learn. Like, you know, being an artist, that's what it's about. It's a learning experience. You learn a little bit from everybody. Um, have I seen anybody that could do what Pac did? No. But then again, have I seen anybody that could do what Jimmy did? No. You know, have I seen some okay. very great artists and worked with some very great artists? Yes. You know, as um, so it's kind of a hard thing to really generalize that. Like, you know, no, well, there, you know, if basically what you're getting at is will there ever be another Tupac art you know, as an artist or as a person? No, it's not going to happen. Nobody's going to be able to do that, you know. But there will be another you know, there's somebody out there listening to this right now that's like, you know, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to be in. That person will do it if they really give it their all.
1: Wow. Troy, did you have a question for Candyman?
2: Man, what what was it like being around the greatest of all time, man? Just, you know, just being in his presence. I just wish I I could have been able to do it. You know, you looked at him as a, as a father figure, and, you know, I'm sorry for your loss. You, you know, you two must have been, like, really, really close. But, you know... What was it like, like, towards experiences, towards laughs, towards cries, man? Any any special experience that you two shared together?
3: Um, Man, every minute was special, you know, it was like, every little thing was special. See, the thing with me is more than a lot of the other guys in the sense of, you know, because I was so young, I experienced a lot more of Tupac the person versus Tupac the celebrity or Tupac the artist, like, you know, I always, like, we were joking about it. I was talking to one of my homies the other day. Uh, and, uh, you know, he was somebody that was around Pac, too, and we were joking about it, where I was like, man, I remember, you know, getting into it with this thing in the car and, like, socking him, <laughs> you know, and running out, and he's, like, chasing me or just, you know, that type of stuff. Like, it was like, you know, it was just more, like, brotherly camaraderie there more than even the rat thing. The rat thing was like the cherry on top. Um You know, experiences-wise, I mean, dude, we shared it all from the laughs to the cries to just the real moments of in there and being like, wow, like, do you realize what you just did? Like, do you really see what's going on here? Do you see how many people are in love with you, you know, not, and, you know, and then there was a downside to that, like, not being able to really go out and do what he wanted at times just because it would be 80 million people swarming him. there was no break. There was no, like, hey, can I just be myself for two seconds? You had to constantly be working, 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 you know, um, but, dude, I mean, as far as experiences, you know, it was so many, I couldn't even narrow it down to one. I mean, like I was telling somebody the other day, more of a something that kind of brings a smile to my face for this day. I remember, um, I can't remember what movie came out, but we were in L.A., and uh, we went to Universal Studios, and uh, out of here, you know, we go there, we're in line to uh, go watch this movie. I remember some uh, females, like, standing about 20 feet from us. And, you know, there was a group of guys, and a couple of females. And one of the girls is like, oh my god, girl, I think that's Tupac. And, uh, he, he used to hate wearing hats, but he hasn't had a hat on this time. And, uh, her homegirl was like, nah, girl, that nigga ain't Tupac. He too ugly. Tupac cute as hell. And, you know, I'm immediately about to open my mouth <laughs> up, and he kind of grabs me and is like, shh, and we got to go inside and we watch the movie. But, you know, Pac had, like, this good pride, not a bad pride, but he had this thing of, like, you know, he wasn't going to get punked out by nobody. And I remember when we walk out, he kind of bends down next to me, he's like, hey, nigga, you ready to run? And I'm like, what? He's like, you ready to start sprinting? I was like, yeah, okay. And he walks by these chicks, and uh, you know, he has the thug life on his belly, so when he walks by them, he lifts up his shirt like he's wiping his face. But they see the thug life. And I remember this chick, it's like, I told you that was Tupac, I told you. And pandemonium bracelets. I mean, Universal Studios is a pretty big place. And the car I remember was like, you know, it was out by valet. We just had to, like, start sprinting. And uh, there was this movie came out. I always use it as an example. It was a movie with uh Leonardo DiCaprio where he's, like, a single dude, but he's, like, worth a lot of millions, and all these females are trying to bury him. And in the trailer, you see, like, you know, 500 people chasing him. And that's literally what it was. I remember ducking and dodging. And, you know, halfway through it, he lifts me up like a football player, and he's just sprinting through the crowd. And we run and jump into the car, you know, speed off. He pulls out a $100 bill and just tosses it to the ballet, like, here, hold that and starts driving, and I remember it was so bad, man. We had people coming down the 101 just like literally almost falling out their cars just to touch the car. And, you know, for us, we do all that only to end up at the Beverly Center sitting on the rooftop laughing about it. Like, he's just like, he's like, yeah, and I remember he looked at me He was like, man, could nobody have told me 10 years ago that this would be me? And then he kind of laughed and he was like, you know, I think when I used to tell people that I was going to be the biggest thing in the world, they didn't believe me. But, see, I always knew I could do it. And he kind of, you know, we had one of them heart-to-heart moments where he looked at me and he was like, you know, that's what you can never forget is you're only going to go as far as you believe. Who gives a shit what anybody else believes? You know, he was like, ask them. You only got to go as far as you believe. And if you think you can hold this world in your hands, then by God, you hold this world in your hands. And so, you know, that was like one of them comedic, like, kind of fun times we had. You know, but we had a bunch of other times, like, full throwing water on me or I remember I threw a Snapple bottle at the Hummer one time because he said something, and the bottle breaks, and he's like, you going to clean this shit up? <laughs> I'm going to beat your ass if you're going clean this up. And I was just like, you know, there was a lot of that. So I got to experience a lot of the person, even more the artist. And don't get me wrong, I experienced a lot of the artists, but by no means did I experience the artist to the level of, say, like, you know, the cast from Thug Life Without Love, and them did, because I was just younger. So for me, I was the little homie. You know, I was like the little brother that was around all the time.
1: Wow. you wow. had some incredible experiences with him. That's great. Did you have any more questions, Troy?
2: Um, not not any more questions. I was just saying, man, it's, it's a blessing to talk to you, man.
3: Uh, thank you, brother. I appreciate it.
1: Well, I wanted to thank you so much for calling in and sharing that information and that experience with Tupac. And um, if you wanted to, you know, give a shout-out about anything right now, you can go ahead and do that, and then we're going to move on to playing some more music by Tupac.
3: Ah, uh, man, I just, I'm glad y'all gave me a chance to come on. I appreciate it. You know, I don't do a whole lot of interviews normally because it's just everybody's on the same, pock this, pock that, but it's good to see somebody doing something different, a little more original. So, you know, shout out to you guys, shout out to Outlaws, shout outs to Thug Life, uh, Candyman, Wayne, Seven and the Check us out and hopefully we'll be talking to you guys more in the future. Indeed. Well,
1: thank you and please, please enjoy the rest of the evening and if you like, you can, um Go into our chat room, or you can just continue listening to our show. Um, we're going to go ahead and play uh, another song by Tupac. Um, actually, we're going to start off with the one that Troy did in, in memory of Tupac. So um, I'm going to put that on now. It's called "A Letter to Tupac," and thank you again, Candyman. All
3: right, thank you. Bye bye.
4: And everybody loves, and most people love to hate. What up, Pac? It's been a minute since we last spoke. December 13th is when I last broke out into tears. No one sees, no one hears, no one notices. You've been gone for 14 years. You died when I was four, couldn't believe it. Rapping your songs and I could barely speak English. Mom said you passed, I was intervening. That's a trick, you just treat me to a team. I say the greatest died on March 9th. I say they on the wrong calendar. No matter how big he was, he wasn't on your caliber. Everyone else would say the Apollo, amateur. And if you lived, the Dodge would have been your only challenger. A lot of speculations on that whole night. Some say you fake it, some scream should sure, Knight. But everybody knew that your future was so bright. Aside, we still feel you through them sound bites. Next to you, I keep my head up. And never look down, you motivate my career. So yeah, I get around. All eyes on me when I step in different towns. But still, only one real rapper has the crown. And that's you, my idol. All truth, no lies. So with that, I listen to your ambitions as I ride. I don't even think you dead, I think you're alive Cause I see you when I look in your people's eyes But you ain't missing nothing special All the these days are flaky in the stereo Bitty still dancing in everybody's video Garbage still coming through the stereo They ain't learned from Brenda. now the world got more holes than Cheerios Damn shame, when were we all awake? And it's amazing the difference that one man can make Some of us listen to you, knowledge they can't break Do it for yourself, for Christ's sake so in case you aren't reassured, I'm an outlaw for life, sincere with the drawers. Your little brother, thanks for opening the doors. I'm going through for you, homie. No detours. P.S. We ain't dead, but the real have been outweighed. We got the truth on our side. It's time to invade. I'm here to follow you. I'm no longer afraid. They can bury me at G2. No data raid. Yeah. For the greatest of all time, Tupac Shakur, we love you and we miss you, man. I promise. Real talk. I'm not saying I'm going to rule the
5: world or I'm going to change the world, but I guarantee that I will spark the brain that will change the world. And that's our job. It's to spark somebody else watching us. We we might not be the ones. But let's not be selfish, and because we're not going to change the world, let's not talk about how we should change it. Change? Shit. I guess change is good for any of us. Whatever it takes for any of y'all niggas to get up out the hood, shit, I'm with you. I ain't mad at you. Not i all but love for you.
4: Do you think, boy? Yeah. All the
5: homies that I ain't talking to, for I'ma send this one out for y'all, know nah, what I mean, Cause I ain't bad at you ya. Heard y'all tearing up shit out there Kicking up dust, giving a motherfucker <laughs> Yeah nigga, cause I ain't bad at you Now we was once two niggas of the same kind Quick to holler at a hoochie with the same line You was just a little smaller but you still bold Got stretched up while A and hit the hood swole Remember when you had it, Dairy Curls didn't quite learn on the block with your Glock, trippin' on sure. Collect calls to the tip, saying how you change. Oh, you a Muslim now, no one don't gain. you might be coming home just. Gotta play it for life, and that's no more I know we grew apart. you probably don't remember. I used to be for your sister, but never win a bender. And not to see us after school, we bomb on the first motherfucker with the bomb shit on. Now the whole shit changed And we don't even kick it, got a big money scheme, and you ain't even with it. <laughs> Knew in my heart you was the same, motherfucker bad. Go toe to toe when it's top of roll, you gotta drop back, and I can't even trip. Cause I'm Trying hard to maintain
6: Then go ahead Cause I
5: ain't mad at you I 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 ain't mad at you We used to be like this in Cousin Grinders vacu, super time was must be young enough. I caught a felony loving loving the way god gun And even though we separated, you said that you wait. don't get nobody no coochie while I be locked up safe. I kiss my mama goodbye, wipe the tears from my lovely eyes. Said I'll return, but I gotta fight to fix survives. Don't shed a tear, cause mama I ain't happy here. I'll do try, no more smiles, full of profit. The guy is going mad, I'm knocking with to the
1: actually on YouTube now. Is that true? Hello? Yeah? Troy, is it true that the song that you that you wrote in Memoriam of Tupac is available for us to, to listen to on YouTube?
2: Yes, and, uh it you can see a little picture video that I made on uh, on YouTube. Um And you can actually go, there's a link on line links that I will post in the chat um, so you guys can download.
1: All right. Can you hear me? Yeah, I hear you. I don't know what happened. It's like it just kicked me out of the room. (laughs) I'm like, I'm steady talking, and it just kicked me out. Oh, well. Well, let me bring in this uh, caller, and um, we have another caller that's impatiently waiting on area code 818. Let me bring them in so that they can um, have their say about Tupac. All right. Hello, caller at area code 818. Can you please tell us your name? This
0: is Money B from Digital Underground.
1: Hey, Money wow. Bean, what's up? <laughs> How you doing?
0: Thank
1: you so much for patiently waiting. We just actually um, had a little technical issue; just kicked me off the channel right quick. So I'm, I'm back, but thank you so much for Yeah, I was wondering in.
0: what happened. Yeah, no problem. It's all
1: oh, good. Wow. I heard Candyman oh, talking. I wanted to say what's up to him. Oh man! Wow. I was trying to click you in while he was on. But I couldn't get it to work, so, you know, sometimes they have to catch up with technology. They're not there yet. <laughs>
6: I'm good, I'm
1: good. What's so, that? uh, what would you, what would you like to share with us about your experience with Tupac? You had a lot.
0: Yeah, I had a lot. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know,
0: that was, you know, Tupac basically family. Yes, you say like a little brother or what not. You know, I watched them grow cool. you know, from somebody who
3: really wanted
0: to be in the industry and who really wanted to get their music and their vision out and to somebody who actually made it happen. You know, I always tell the story. It was, was, um, I remember when, you know, when Digital Underground first came out, Pop was still around us. He was um, signed to, uh, he had the same manager when he was still in Strictly Dope and before he came up, but I used to take him around with me and stuff like that. And when we would go to the radio station, came here, you know, and this was, I think this was right after we came off the first tour, so he was filling himself. <clears throat> and I took him to the radio station to the, to the wake-up show with Sway and Tech. And basically all the questions they were asking me, you know, because it was about digital underground. And he was just so upset that they didn't want to talk to him about too much or whatever. So I just remember him you know, leaving, he was just like, man, one of these days I'm gonna have my own record, I'm gonna have Pete all with me and I'm gonna be doing what I want to do and everybody gonna be listening to me. And I was like, whatever. And he he made it happen. And I just always remember that day he just was like, man, I'm about to I'm doing this. And he did it. You know?
1: Wow, that's amazing. Well, what about
2: uh I remember uh I'm. I'm really surprised that my memory goes back this far, but um, I remember when I was in Oakland, I used to stay mm-hmm. off of foothill and um, uh, over there on in East Oakland, I used to stay off of foothill, and there was like this giant barbecue in the park, and I knew who you were. <laughs> I knew who you were, but I knew I was like, okay, he's not gonna know me. I'm am like, I'm a little guy, but you knew my mom. My mom's name was Nikki Burke. And I was like, Mom, this is the guy that was in Tupac's video. She was like, yeah, that's right. You were, you know, you stayed in the conversation. I was like, my mom was really sitting here talking to a celebrity that knew Tupac. I, I can't believe it. I was shocked. So it was like as so soon as you came on the radio, going on a blog talk, I was like, are you serious? Is he really on the radio? Like I'm really conversating with him? This is crazy. So I just want to say that's a blessing, man. I love your music. I love everything that you do. Um, and I just want to say thank you for being here, man.
0: I appreciate it. Appreciate
1: everything. Tell your mom, I said, hey. <laughs> <laughs> now money B, um what was yeah. it that that stood out the most about Tupac that kinda mm-hmm. gave you the idea that he was gonna be like really, really, really good at what he does?
0: <clears throat> you know, this is what I tell everybody. Tupac is probably the most passionate people that I passionate that I've ever met. And when I say that I mean that if he if he liked you, you know, he loved you with a passion. If he didn't like you or didn't like something, he opposed it or hated it with a passion. And that's the same way he approached um, you know, his music. It's like I've never seen anybody with with a work ethic like he had at such a young age. And so, you know, I just remember, you know, back then he was he was really willing to risk anything and everything to to do what he wanted to get done. And I mean it, it sounds like it sounds easy but I'm just saying like, you know, I've been in instances where, you know, him just coming around and because he so wanted to get on with us, you know, our little brother, he barely knew him well he you know, he got to know him. But something happened to my brother, and he flipped out on some of his people that let something happen to my brother because, you know, I could tell he felt like that might get in the way of him getting on with us. You understand what I'm saying? Uh-huh. So he wasn't going to let anybody, including myself, stop him from doing what it is he, he had set out to do. And I just remember when – um uh we did the video for do what you like. And we were we had like the, the raw footage and we were kind of like uh um you know, you're looking at the edit and picking out the parts that you want in it and you know, this was our first video, you know. And I remember um there was a young lady that I went to high school with. She was in town from college from Texas or whatever. And I was like, "Yeah, come by." And um you know, I I just did a video. I was like, "Yeah, come come see my stuff or whatever." So she came by the crib where we was watching the, you know, it was like the hang house was um, our manager's crib, and everybody was there watching the video, and I just remember I'm sitting there with her trying to impress her, and Tupac was there, and every time he got up to talk or say something to crack a joke or do whatever, she was all in his in his face, you know what I mean? Like mesmerized. Uh-huh. I'm looking at her and I'm looking at him and I'm looking at her and I'm just like, okay. Something's going on. You know what I mean? But it's like the <laughs> time he was at the home he commanded the attention like that. And it was it was really nothing that anybody was like, Wait a minute It was just kinda of like you noticed it. You knew he had something. It was just a matter of um, if he was gonna be able to harness it and 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 control what he needed to control to get to where he needed to you know, that's the only way that I can say it. You know, a lot of people think, you know, that Tupac started acting wild after he got money and got famous, or, you know, I always hear, he started thinking he was different juice after the movie. You know, quiet as kept. Tupac actually calmed down as he got older. You know, by the time you guys saw him and, and everybody thought he was crazy, he had calmed down from when, when we first met him and how he used to be you know so I actually saw him and grow but he was he was he was a wild child to say the least you know it
1: seemed like he had a lot of energy
0: <laughs> oh man he had crazy energy and he had you know he had energy and drive and mm-hmm. and and a passion for for the music and art and you know he just had a, a passion for life and and his people and everything in general um another thing that you know, because we were closest in age, I'm I'm like a a year and a half older than Tupac. And um, but when we go on the road, you know, basically we were always roommates, and we were we were probably the closest because we were the closest in age. And his mother was in the Black Panther Party, my father was in the Black Panther Party, so we had a lot of com a lot in common, and, and really chop it up about a lot of stuff. So you know, being his roommate he was he was he was a slop, basically you know he wouldn't he'd just, he'd never, he just everything off the clothing he just put it drop it wherever it was, and that's where it would be. He roll in his bluffs, he' would empty out the the stuff on the bed on the table whatever he never cleaned up nothing, and then you know we thought that you know once he once he got some money and got his own apartment and stuff like that that maybe he started taking care of his stuff he never did you know he was always just like whatever, you know, i got to move on to go do the next thing. In in hindsight, I'm looking at it, and and I feel like, you know, for what he wanted to accomplish, he didn't have time to do anything but focus on what he wanted, you know, what he needed to do. And so, you know, sometimes they say, you know, people who are geniuses, like if there's a bad genius, usually, you know, like Einstein couldn't spell or whatever or couldn't read or
3: whatever it is, or
0: Beethoven couldn't read but he could play the piano. that's how pop was he was He was so focused and and had a drive to do his music and get get that done and get his word out that he didn't really have time to do much anything you know, else. You know he did read a lot. I'll say that much, but as far as cleaning up behind himself and and being tidy, it' did his world.
1: well, that's not for everybody,
0: <laughs> yeah. You know, but it used
1: to piss me off. <laughs> 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 like, <laughs> pick your drawers up. Talk, pick your yeah, drawers up. for <laughs> real, you know. never got that part of like, it. like, yeah, that college mentality. You know, a lot of college students do that stuff, you know, once they get out there. They just, you know, and their mom behind them saying, clean up your mess. They just throw stuff, whatever. I could see. Yeah, I could exactly. See how, you know. <laughs> He is, you know, he and was, it, and it was, he and is it was and was that, a was that, focused dad, person, yeah. 20 and stuff
0: like
1: that anyway. Oh, yeah, he's young. <laughs> that was a great memory. That was a great memory. He was pretty young. I mean, I, I would never expect anybody in that age bracket, especially what, what he was doing for himself and what he was thinking about. I would never expect him to concentrate so much on that. But um, I could see in his eyes that he was focused a lot and a lot of things that he did and how the lyrics in his in his songs were. You could tell that he was just a unique person.
2: Yeah, he was. I mean, he could write a song in
3: five
2: minutes, literally. You know? I believe it. <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> and that's,
0: that's really what it was. I've
1: never seen nobody do that before. Wow. Did you guys carry your relationship on throughout, you know, um, the, the day his death? Um, you know
0: what? To be honest with you, after, you know, he had moved, when he moved to L.A., uh, we would talk, and then when he got out of, after he got out of jail, um, for the last time, and he was with Death Row, I only seen him one time. I ran into him in L.A. at the House of Blues. Um, you know, I would talk to him every blue moon, but, To be honest with you, you know, I had heard about what was going on with with the whole death row situation and all of that. And, you know, I had never been a person to have to, you know, when the group moves, you have to move with the group and get up and follow 50 people. And I just never was into that, so I kind of stayed away from it, you know. And then, you know, I would hear from people that, you know, from, from our camp or people that knew him when he was with us, that just used to tell me that it wasn't really a, a good situation to hang out at. Hang out in, you know. And other artists that I would talk to, so I kind of stayed away from from the situation. Like I remember, uh, I had spoke to him on the phone. And he invited me to uh, what is it? The, um, he was shooting a, um, America's Most Wanted, you know, with Snoop. Mm-hmm. And I want to say, how do you want it? those two videos like the same weekend or whatever and he's like just come on down da 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 and I was just like you know what I'll catch you when you come up here or you know i see you because I just heard about just how it was with that whole situation so really after after he got out of jail the last time after he signed with row, I only seen him one time you know we talked on the phone a few times but it's kind of like you know when you have a a family member, like say, you know, you have a brother or sister, and you and you, you grow up, and then you, you know, you go to college, and then you move this to this city, and your sister's in that city. You might not see each other, but when you do see each other, it's like you never miss the beat. You know what I mean? And that's kind of like right. how it works. So once when we did run into each other, we hung out, and I remember him telling me at the time that you know, uh, all eyes on me had just came out. And I remember telling him that I didn't like that album because it didn't sound like, you know, the stuff that he, he was doing, it sounded a little more, you know, because on all of his previous records, even if he was making records about, you know, gangster this, gangster that, he always had a balance. And he would always have a, a, a um, you know, a record like Rent Out A Baby or My Homies Call or, or just he had... uh records that weren't so malicious, you know what I mean? Right. That record was a different record than I had ever heard him do, like part of the full album. And then I was mad because he didn't have me on it. (laughs) I was like, he He was like, man, everybody came down here. I thought you were just going to be down here. But then he told me when he got out that that record was halfway done anyway because it just took records from people. Like, of course, you know, California Love was Dre's record there was a record um, that was supposed to be uh, a Wu-Tang record. You know, they just, he he did that record like in, in in a matter of two weeks, a double album. You know what I mean? That's how fast it worked. So by the time I had seen him and that album was out, he had told me he had already done seven more albums. <laughs> you know what i mean? <laughs> he's, like, he's like, man, I already did like seven, eight more albums. Like, I'm about to do this and I'm controlling this soundtrack and when I get done with this then I'm gonna start a little more of this. All you gotta do is just keep coming, you know,
3: How me, come
0: down and we'll get it in.
3: <clears throat> and
0: you know, I find later down the line that the 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 soundtrack he was talking about was the gridlock soundtrack which came out a couple of years later and you know, so he was already seven or eight albums ahead of where of what we had heard at that time. You understand what I'm saying? And he was already mapping out what he was going to do, you know, musically, um, business-wise, and even politically, you know, what you know, uh, things that he was going to get behind and and start to do. So it was just it was just messed up when it happened because I knew that, you know, he was only 26 years old when he died. You, you feel me? Mm-hmm.
1: Right. Um, so Too he had,
0: young. Yeah, he had a lot more than he that he that he wanted to do, and that he already had emotion that he had planned to do. So it was just crazy. Well, and, and I'm, mm-hmm. you know, I was just saying as far as his music, he, had, he did so much music, it's kind of like I know personally like four or five albums that I've heard that haven't surfaced yet. You
2: know, wow, he
0: moved to l a and before he did the death row thing you know he' only signed a death row for nine. people think that it was like a long relationship, a long business relationship, so he did all that death row just in a matter of nine months, or you know of course, starting to write it he that out, he got in it you know while he was within the scope, but you know I did he did an album with m c Breed. you know, Breed is gone now, rest in peace, but I, I haven't heard any of those songs that he did you know a full album with m c reed that I actually heard with my ears that I haven't heard anybody come out with any of that stuff yet you know um um you know big stretch who was down with him we also got killed, but he was down with Thug life his brother you know the um what was the uh the um I'm trying to think of the name of the group killing but you know they got like two albums worth of material I haven't heard. I know they're sitting on. There's a lot of music, as much music as that has come out and that we hear and that I know we will hear, is stuff that I know we'll probably never hear. But I've actually heard it. You know, mm-hmm. I even got a couple of cassettes of some stuff we did back in the day.
1: Wow. Yeah, you now know. you got a you have a, you have a lot. I mean you're still. So spiritually connected to him, I can tell. Um, is there something that you were able to, you know, witness of Tupac, like about his thoughts or plans that he was trying to um, to move forward with that nobody else knows about?
0: Um, I'm pretty sure if I know about it, somebody else knows about it. Um, like I said, the last time I saw him, he was telling me about, you know, what he wanted to do. And I know he eventually was going to finish out his obligation to death row and move on with his own label and stuff like that. Um, I mean, there may be one other thing, but I don't I don't think I can share that. <laughs> <laughs> I
2: mean,
0: I mean but uh, i'll tell you I'll tell you something that's pretty common out that i've that I've shared before um you know like I said, I used to talk to him on the phone or he'll call me whatever this is before he went to jail the last time, but he was living in l a and you know i'm I'm at a, am it's about one o'clock in the morning or something like this. it's real late, so my phone rings and uh I'm like, hello? And, he, and I, he's like, mine, like, mine. I'm like, what's up? He's like, I just did it to Madonna. I was like, what? He's like, I just did it to Madonna. He's like, I, I got to go, I got to go, I got to go. And he just hung up. Like, the fool called me right when he got done, like, it's, while she's in the bathroom, getting the, putting her, doing whatever. He just he had to call somebody.
1: <laughs> I, I guess so. <laughs> yeah. I actually was reading about that earlier, All the girls that he. That he's been associated with like Sally Richardson and Jada Pinker for a minute and uh uh the I don't think they uh, ever did nothing
0: with Jada. They was like
1: brothers. Me either. I, yeah. I think they were just the friends. And um she was on a different plane anyway. She was a, yeah. her she another she another genius. My yeah, exactly. Mind. <laughs> so yeah, because, I mean he's All always trying to get me a... hooked up. <laughs> say what? All geniuses can't hook up. Exactly. <laughs> Wow. Real. That's amazing. Well, I yeah. want to thank you so much for sharing your experiences and and stories with us about Tupac. And uh, I hope that I can get you back on the show very soon so we can um, actually go into what's going on with you. I did have a question from the chat room. They want to know what's up with the other guys from Digital Underground. Like, what are you guys doing? Are you doing something together? Give us some more stuff?
0: Well, actually, it's funny that you mention it because we just announced that we're probably going to do a um, uh, not so much a reunion tour because, you know, I've been off doing, you know, my so home and Chuck's been doing his day, but actually the original members, this is just in the last week, just announced that we're going to put together um, a reunion tour. That's probably going to start probably in the next two months, and probably throughout to the end of the year. Um, Uh And after that, we'll see where it goes. But you know, we haven't we haven't um, performed together in like two years as a group, as a full group, and toured. So it's been over two years since we have, and we're just now going to get back together and do some things. So pretty excited about that. As far as me, and like I said, when um, I was telling you guys, I do have some some of the old Tupac stuff that's never been released. I do play it because I have my own radio show. It's No School Hip Hop Radio Show called The Going Way Back Show with Money B. It's um it's on about a hundred different um, internet stations throughout the week, but I also have a podcast. And basically, it's hip hop from my era and, you know, music that was released 1999 and earlier, hip-hop. And I usually have classic artists as guests on my show. And what's unique about my show and my interviews is that most of these artists are my peers, people that I've toured with, hung out with, you know, came up in the game with. So our interviews are more like just candid conversations of shooting, shooting stuff about stuff that we did back in the day and bring you up to date on what they're doing right now. Um, if you want to check out the Going Way Back Show of Money B, you can go to the podcast at www.moneyb69.podomatic.com. Once again, www.moneyb69.podomatic.com. Check your board. Well, you know what? I'm already there because I've been coming oh, no, to for
1: I'm there <laughs> I got like a whole lot of that stuff already. I'm also on Podomatic, but um, when I saw that you had your stuff on there, i just sit there and just jam. <laughs> i just sit there and jam. I'm just playing back-to-back all your podcasts. So, you know, I'm glad that you you keeping up with it and giving us a lot of good stuff to listen to. Y'all folks yeah. out there, y'all need to hit up our Podomatic because MC Light is on there too, and I'm, I'm sure a whole bunch of other folks Yeah, y'all need most need definitely. to definitely.
0: And if you and if you want to be um, put on the, the mailing list where you, where you, you can be sent um, each time I do a new show, or if you want to know what's going on with Digital Underground, whether we're performing somewhere, or just keep up with us, hit me up, MoneyB at moneyb.net. dot net. I'll add you to the mailing list, and you'll get all of that for sure. Because I mean, I'm doing so much. Like you said, I'm back on another episode and talk about everything. But you can always just hit me up, MoneyB at moneyb.net, dot net, if you want to know, and I'll
1: put you on. Well, thank All you right. for that. I will certainly be doing that.
3: So <laughs> we
1: have um, some more people that are going to be calling in. We have somebody on the line now. But before I do that, I'm going to play uh, a couple more songs of Tupac since we are down to 46 minutes. And I did want to get a lot of his stuff in there. But thanks again for calling in, Money B. I really appreciate that.
0: No problem.
1: Thank you, Josh. Where you guys located at, anyway? I'm in, uh, I'm in South Jersey. Like right outside of Philly. Really? I'm in what part, yeah. part of what part of South? I'm in uh Siclaville.
0: Really? I got a lot of family out in Vineland. I got that way. Oh,
1: that's not far. I was far actually, me.
0: yeah, I was actually just in Philly. I, I, I can hear the accent. That's why I asked. <laughs> nah, because I'm, I'm originally from Philadelphia, and that's why my family is. I just was um had a family family reunion out there. Like weeks ago oh well you gotta
1: hit me up next time you in the neighborhood
0: most definitely <laughs> well
1: thank you guys thank you for guys having me to put something together so i just appreciate you just taking the time out your busy schedule to come and join us and you have a good night we're going to go continue playing some more tupac you can stick around online if you want i just had to meet you out a little bit if you want to hear some more because we have donald tavier on the line to talk to, he also worked with um Tupac, he's from the band um, Lakeside, so I'm going to bring him in, but right after um a couple more Tupac songs, so have a good night, Money B. Alright,
0: well, you guys have um, a good rest of the show, and you know, either reach out to me and Kay or, you know, hit me up whenever you need me again, good.
1: I, w- I will definitely do that.
0: Alright, you guys, Alright.
1: All right, let me hit up. Oh, this is my favorite song right here, Dear Mama. I'm going to play that, um, and then uh I'm going to bring Mr. Tavia in. You all appreciate it. When I
5: was younger and my mama had beat, 17 years old, kicked out on the street. So back at the time I never thought I'd see a face. Ain't a woman alive that can take my mama's place. Sprended from school. She's scared to go home, I was the fool with the big boys breaking all the rules. Shed tears with my baby sister. Over the years we was poor and I a little kid. And even though we had different caddies, the same drama when things went wrong, we blamed mama. I reminisce on the stress I caused. It was hell. Hugging on my mama from a jail cell in elementary, hey, I see the penitentiary one day, running from the police, that's right, mama catch me for the wolf into my backside, and even as a crack scene, mama, you always was the black queen, mama, I finally understand, old woman, it ain't easy, trying to raise a man, you always was committed, a poor single mother on welfare, tell me how you did, there's no way I can pay it back. You oh, all appreciate me. Yeah, Yo, you know we love it. Dear mama, ain't no one it. Oh, it. Yeah, Don't you know love it. You all appreciate me. Yo, you know what we love. There ain't nobody tell us it was fair. No love for my daddy, cause the cowboy wasn't there. He passed away and I didn't cry. Cause my anger wouldn't let me feel for a stranger They say I'm wrong in the markets. But all along I was looking for a father he was gone I hung around with the thugs And even though they sold drugs They showed a young brother love I moved out started really hanging I needed money of my own so I started slanging I ain't guilty cause even though I sell rocks It feels good putting money in your mailbox I love paying rent when the rent's due. Hope you got the diamond necklace that I sent to you Cause when I was low, you was there for me You never left me alone because you cared for me And I could see you coming home after work late In the kitchen trying to fix such a hot plate You're just working with the trap she was giving And mama made miracles, everything's given But now the road got rough, you're alone Trying to raise two bad kids on your own And there's no way I can pay you back but my plan is to show you that I understand. You all appreciate me. Don't you know that I love me, And dear mama. love you. all appreciate me. You know that I love you. Oh, I'm still I remember this. Cause through the drama, I can always depend on my mama. And when it seems that I'm hopeless, Say the words that can get me back in focus When I was sick as a little kid To keep me happy, there's no limit to the things you did And all my childhood memories Full of all the sweet things you did for me And even though I act crazy I gotta thank the Lord that you made me There are no words that can express how I feel You never kept a secret, always stayed real And I appreciate how you raised me and all the extra love that you gave, man. I wish I could take the pain away. If you can make it through the night, there's a brighter day. Everything will be alright if you hold on. It's a struggle every day, gotta roll on. And there's no way I can pay you back. But my plan is to show you that I understand. You all appreciate mama. I
1: think that's my favorite song that he yes, has. That's the greatest classic. And they play every Mother's Day, <laughs> and I, I play it all the time, but they play every Mother's Day, and, and I, I love that song. I love the way he loves his mama. Now, I believe we do have Mr. A on the line. Donald, are you there? Yes, I am. Hi, you how know? are you? This evening? Yes, doing I am. I'm good.
6: How's everybody? How you doing?
1: fine. I'm
6: doing good, man. I'm doing good. You know, I'm another day. <laughs> I hear that. <laughs> you know. Now, damn,
1: damn. now, we want to welcome you to the show. If anybody's not that familiar, and you should be, this is Donald Tavi from the band Lakeside. And um, Donald, before you tell us about uh, Tupac, tell us what you're doing with the band right now.
6: Uh, we're still touring uh, pretty heavy this summer. We just came off a good tour with Morris Day and the Time, Cameo, Barcades, Climax. And slave, and uh, you know, we're just trying to keep old school alive, and uh, you know, it's, it's just stay on top of our game, which is live performances You know, so uh, I've been doing that, and uh, I have some singles out myself that I'm doing. I have one that's coming out called Cha Cha Cha, that um, I think is going to make a lot of noise. I, I started to go the Steppers route, but I decided to, since R. Kelly went that route, to do something that. There's more people that cha cha than step, so I said, well, let me let me rock it the the, the the opposite side of where he went with it and see how many people I can reach. And everywhere we've been playing it, it's been going through the roof. So that's my focus right now, you know, is to 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 stay true to the art.
1: And I'm so happy that you're doing that because I love live performances. Yeah, nothing better than
2: mm-hmm. that. Nothing at <laughs> all. I share that. I was just listening to uh, Real Love, like. Two days ago I wanna say I was listening to Real Love jamming and oh, you put cool. that out in eighty three and I was yeah. born in ninety two. I'm just jamming to it. Like I <laughs> just like like I was born to it. I love that
6: song, man. I feel you, that's cool, man. <laughs> you keep that going. Keep that going. But you know, the cool thing <laughs> is you can't get away from real school. I don't call it old school. Everybody putting a label calling it old school. Nah, it's real Fair. school. That ain't old school. You know, anything that's true to the art should be called real school, not old school. Matter of fact, I'm going to have some hats and t-shirts made.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's
6: real school.
1: (laughs) Wow. I hear that. That's Mm -hmm. that's the truth right there. That is the truth. Now, tell us about, you know, how you knew Tupac and um, share some experience or memories with us about Tupac.
6: Wow. Well, Pac and I go back to like 91. You know when he was going through his digital underground transition, and uh, he came to uh, came to LA, came to my studio uh, by way of another uh, legend, son by the name of Norman um, um, Norman Whitfield Jr. And uh, Norman was uh, he brought Tupac in and you know he said, hey man, I need you to to, to sit down with Pac and and work some stuff out. We want to do this album called Thug Life. And um, I said, cool. You know, it was an honor. I didn't, you know, I knew about Pac uh, slightly because of, you know, he had just did the stuff with Digital Underground. And I know Pac was looking for tracks. Pac was looking for a certain feel for his music. And um, we decided to just spend a lot of personal time together because, I had the studio. Uh, the studio was called Blue Palm, and um, uh, Run DMC had been cutting in there. Digital Underground had been cutting in there. Everybody had had been started to come through the studio because we had this sudden sound. So, uh, Pac and I started working at weird hours. I mean, you know, he called me and said, "T man, you know, I, I want to go in like 11, 12 o'clock at night, and we wouldn't come out of there till seven in the morning. It was just me and him, and." Um, I I learned a lot about him, the genius that that lived inside of him, because there was two. It was really to me, it was two people in, in the in the spirit of Tupac. One was the creative side of Tupac, and then one was the political side of Tupac. And um, you know, he shared a lot of things with me that a lot of people didn't get a chance to to really see unless you really knew him. And that was the concept that, you know, uh, the bad boy image of Tupac, uh, was really the commercial side of Pac to draw attention to what he really wanted to tell you about. So the concept was, you know, I'm going to grab the butt with the beat, but I'm going to spank the mind with, with words. And, um, heard <laughs> that. And we started, you know, we started working on the Thug Life project, and, you know, we we did pour out a little liquor and the, the Dear Mama song, and then uh, at the end of the project, uh, Park and Mo Preem, which is Park's brother, you know, they said, you know, we need to do something to the flip side of the Dear Mama song, and uh, you know, we want to talk about our dad, and uh, it's it's amazing what happened after we did that track. During that track, I started mixing the track and I started to play with his voice. Because he had in in part of the rap if, if 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 it's ever heard in part of the rap he played his dad, in other words, the first two verses were the first verse was pot, second verse was moclaim, and then the third verse was the daddy replying to what they were uh uh talking about you know in their discussion about their dad and how their dad wasn't there for them and you know how they had to how they how they had to lean on their mother's strength and um I uh, detuned, and what I mean by detuning, I took a vocal processor and I pitched his voice down to where it didn't sound like pot, it sounded like uh, someone with authority, like a dad. It made the voice real heavy. And He flipped out. He said, "T, what did you just do, what did you just do? And I said, I pitched, transposed your vocal. So it kept him in the same time, but it made it deep, made a deep sound with his voice and from that point on, he started doing it in a lot of his hit records. And, uh, you know, it, it feels good to know that I created that tone, that tone for him and because he started using it on a lot of the records. And um, as time went on, after we did the Thug Life album, he made his move over the death row, and then, um, you know, it went, it went another direction. And But, yeah, I did get a chance to really learn the... the the, the, wow, the vibrant, uh, wonderful spirit. He was soft-spoken in a lot of sense. You know, it it, it all turned once he went over to the death row thing, and I think it it had to do a lot with uh, just, you know, uh, the media hounding him. He had just, after he did the Thug Life album, he went to New York, and and Stretch got killed because Stretch was a part of the Thug Life uh, project that I was doing. And, um... You know, I just saw everything started to take another turn, you know, and it became a media a media uh, a ploy for everybody. Everybody started jumping on, making it a East Coast, West Coast rivalry, and, you know, that's how they would. And they were using that as a tool to even sell the records. And it just took him in enough, another direction, you know. Uh, he was starting to do all the acting, and that was coming into fruition for him. And, you know, he was really a very, very spiritual man. And, um, he, you know, there'll never be another one. There'll never be another part. And it wasn't so much of what he was talking about. It was the spirit in his tone, you know, in his vocals, in his voice. Some people have an anointing just when they speak. And when it came to rap, you know, he had an anointment.
1: I do believe that. I seriously believe that. <clears throat> so Wow. Now, I understand that um, you had some um, material um, that you created with him that was actually never released.
6: Yeah, they uh, it got played a couple of times, but it never jumped on it. And since he's been dead, there's, it hasn't been pushed and, you know, and put out there as another single. Um, you know, I I, uh, I hope that you play a little bit of it and people can get a vibe for what I was just speaking about.
1: Well, what I'm going to do is play this snippet here because um, – Uh at another time we're gonna we're gonna have you back on the show and we're gonna, you know, put out some more music that you created with him and the other artists. But this is uh what you sent me um for I'm sorry. Mm
6: -hmm. And we're gonna Uh, play that now. Okay.
5: Boy, it's night fixing me the things I want to do with see a piece of family unity. My mom's always broke, I barely see her. I'm of I grow up It's a wonder they don't understand kids today. So when I pray, I pray I never grow to be that way. Man, I hope daddy answers me. I heard I'm like get my family. I different the every weekend wake up before the weekend i'm getting sick of all the, 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 the so, so so time all, all, all this time i am so sorry all this time back
1: And that's a little snippet of that song. Now,
2: Man, I, need a, I, I need to hear the full version. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> that was, I like that. That was really yeah, good. I've I, I, I a lot of work that um, Tupac did and participating in that that hasn't been out that everybody could love. So as long as they don't put it all out at the same time, this can continue to help his legacy stay intact because we know that he did so much work. That he didn't even put out there, and and that just every year you can come out with a, one or two albums. Yeah, he is a workaholic. Yeah, he was definitely a, a workaholic,
6: deal. cause he worked me like crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, and he liked working late at night. You know, when there's nobody around, just me and him, and he sit down and you know he play the groove, and then he write it going in dropping and when he went in and dropped the dropped the vocals it was almost like a one take. You know, I mean he would and he would have various versions of it. He may he may write one one way, but by the time he got behind the mic and we ran the track down and he would drop his vocals, he may drop maybe three or four tracks of vocals and each one would tell a different uh a uh, a different way of the same story. It was amazing. Wow. Yeah, it was amazing. <laughs>
1: It was amazing. Mm, uh huh. Mm, you know? That's part. So Troy, Troy, what questions do you have for Donald?
2: Um. Again, I, I think I have the same question for Donald. The vibe of just being in the same room as Tupac. What like? What energies did you feel just being around him?
6: Well, I think from being around so many um, prolific writers and artists in my career. Um. I have to kind of reflect back. I was part of NWA when they started. I did um, We Want Easy for Dr. Dre and uh, a couple of other tracks, and then I worked on the Michelle A. album. So I got a chance to, uh, you know, uh, before I even got with Pac, I was already aware of, you know, where rap was going, being that I was coming from the R&B uh, world. Um, what I noticed about uh Pac is the is his spirit because he was nothing really like the image that was being portrayed about him. He wasn't, he was like a sponge and he was feeding off of everybody. I mean, you know, he, he never I never know I never noticed him to turn or have an ego or attitude about people who would come in the studio and be around him. He would just feed off of everybody that was in the room. He was just like sucking spirit from everybody, and then in turn, he would turn that into what he how he perceived things and how he wanted to talk about things, even from the standpoint of um him being in oakland and because he he did discuss with me some things that he was going through that when he lived in Oakland and coming up you know in the black family, i mean the Black Panther family and uh just politically. He wanted to establish a career that would allow him to try to um, make things better from the political standpoint, but he needed he needed a platform to do it from, and rap was his platform. But you know, he he still at the same time he had to be politically correct about how he post a lot of things about what he said because you know at that era, in the early 90s, you know, uh, the, a lot of people in the Political world was, you know, trying to get rid of rap because they knew that it was a, a, a way of being able to speak about the political plight that we were going through as a people. Uh, we we were creating a platform where, you know, there were no rules, you know, and you couldn't stop it because it was a cult. It was a, a culture of things that was in that movement of being able to speak. You, know, have you know, freedom of speech. And and he capitalized on it. And that's what made everybody focus on pot is because he was really one of the first ones to really step out of the norm and be able to come with it.
2: Right.
6: So, you know, politically, you know, America had to deal with that. And, um, you know, they tried to turn it a certain way, but, you know, when they're like I said, when there's an anointing, it, I don't care where you're at, when you speak, people listen. You know, there's a saying that says, the lips of wisdom are sealed except to the ears of the understanding. And when you have a kindred spirit like Pac was, everybody that gets it got it, and they tuned in. They still tune in. I don't care what he's talking about. If he's, you know, clowning something or he's serious about something, you can't help but listen. And it's the spirit of Pac that will always be here.
1: Well, I'm glad that we still have that.
6: Yeah. You know, we everybody keep the love alive. You know. Yeah. 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 Without a doubt. Without a doubt. I wish more people use that platform to really talk about something that had significance to it. Because, you know, I'm not downing anybody per se, but you know, when you have when you have people's attention like that, it's our responsibility as artists to. Talk about something that's gonna uplift us spiritually, physically, monetarily, and all in every way that we can. You know, we got to use it for, for for positive sense. You know, like I said, it's all about once you get somebody's attention with the beat, spank the mind. <laughs> spank the mind, huh?
1: Spank the <laughs> mind.
6: You know, be clever about it. Be clever about it. You know, but we got to do that. We got to use. We got to use this juice we have in a in a positive sense.
1: Now, as an artist and and being able to see you know directly what's going on in the industry um what are your thoughts on you know the status of the you know the way the situations pursued with um the different coasts of rappers you know and the violence and the abuse that went on? Do you still see that as an artist going on?
6: I think it's I think it's it's coming to a head because I think everybody understands it's because it's not about so much talking about what's going on in your neighborhood. It's talking about what you're gonna do about it more so because you know everybody's got the same plight, you know of of, of survival skills. How are we gonna get you know how are we gonna if the man still got his foot on our neck? Well, you know that 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 uh, song and dance has gotten old now. So, you know, we have so many ways to become more independent than depending on the government or depending on somebody else to make a way for us, you know, especially artists. I mean, we have now we have the internet. We no longer need record companies to make a living. Now you can become an independent artist, and you have to look at it in the sense of if I try to get a, if an artist tries to get a record deal at a record label, you're already in debt from coming out the hole. So now you got to It's all oh, I'm going to get out the hole and be successful. In the same sense, you have to look at the Internet as now if I can get my product recorded like Pod did, I have a vehicle that allows me not to be in debt, and it gives me access to everybody in the world that has a computer to buy my product versus... If I get my stuff on the radio, I only have access to the people that listen to that station. And it's just like your station now. You're on the Internet. You have national syndication on your on your Internet, on your internet station. And everybody in the world that has a computer can tune in to what you're doing. And uh, we, as artists, can sell products. So there's really no excuse for us to be successful in the music industry anymore. You know, so it's nice, but now it's all about you know you being um unique and independent about your product and and be you don't don't mock what you think is successful because what what we listen to on the radio is stuff that we're conditioned to like when people listen to you on the on the internet, they're not conditioned to like you, they like you because you're you're unique, and that's what's missing in the music today is on the commercial side. A lot of artists aren't unique. When we were coming up in the 70s, Lakeside, Cameo, Ohio Players, Confunction, we all had our own sound. And people liked us because we sound like Lakeside, or Confunction sound like Confunction, or Ohio Players sound like Ohio Players. And that is what gives you a career, is being unique and putting out music and letting people like you for you, not because you sound like blah, blah, blah you know and then the 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 independence of the internet allows us to get back of being unique artists but at the same time we can make a comfortable comfortable living because we have access to everybody in the world that has a computer versus everybody that listens to a radio station which may be 50,000 in your city but it's 50 million people who got computers 50 billion people if you really want to count it mhm so that's yes, the sure. you know, that's that's the route to go now. You know, it is about getting back to being independent, and uh, and you know, and 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 doing you. You know, don't do it because it sounds like somebody else. That that that's a short-lived career. So I'm hoping that all the artists that are coming out today learn how to be true artists and go back to being unique and being themselves and let people like you for you.
1: And I'll hope the same. I do. <laughs> I mean, I'm not that happy about a lot of stuff out there, but I think people get away from it, and the industry makes it too much more of a business thing. But, you know, I believe if Tupac was here now, he would be showing uh, people how to do things on their own, because I know he would have grasped that already. Right. And, uh things wouldn't be like it is now where everybody's like a slave to a lot of the major labels. I think he would have been like a revolutionary when it comes to that in his in his own period of time. And it, sometimes we're just not ready for that. Maybe that's, you know, a reason why we don't have him now is, you know, because some people are going to be so profound that people just can't handle it,
6: Mm-hmm.
1: you know, and and then some then they're gone from us. But sometimes because they're taken from us, It's a lesson for us to learn from what they were trying to do, basically.
6: Right. Well, you know, the old lesson, (laughs) it's like when you see somebody's hand get burnt in the skillet, you don't have to go stick your hand in the skillet to believe that it's hot. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. So many people make the same mistake. You know, they're wondering why this group is broke or that group is broke. It's because they're not taking time to learn the business side of it and not knowing that, now you can be your own record company at home. You can mm-hmm. be you can be your own artist at home. You can do everything independently. And when you do that, you may you may not be you may not be making that 2 million unit so uh nut at the end of the year or at the end of the fiscal year or whatever it takes to make that record company happy. But you're not knowing that you can survive off of 50,000 units sold, 100,000 units sold. If you're getting 95% of the profit, hello? Because mm-hmm. you're only getting 2% of the profit when you sign with a major label because they're the ones that's putting all the money up. All right. So you at the bottom of the totem pole. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> you're at the bottom of the pole, so you're the last one that's going to get paid when it comes down for those residuals to trickle down because – Whoever puts the money up first are the ones that's gonna get paid first. Yeah, you get all the fame and the glory and you know the, the, the DAP from everybody in your neighborhood, but when it comes to get those checks when what what it's really about, you're the last one to get paid. Hmm. So you really have well, to start turning this around and become more of an independent uh company yourself and, and start doing it yourself. You know, and all well, your product.
1: That is the the next step for most people who are seriously interested in the business to take. And um, I just want to tell everybody out there that um, tomorrow night, Donald's going to be back with us on MD and Indy Radio at uh, 8 o'clock to discuss a few things in relation to the industry and some health matters. We're going to go into that um, tomorrow at 8 o'clock if you want to come back to the show at 8 o'clock Eastern. Same uh bat time, same bat channel.
6: <laughs>
1: and Don, I wanna thank you for um, you know, joining us and, and sharing your experiences and memories um about Tupac. As yes. well as that song. So if you want you can give us that the full version of that song tomorrow when we have more time to play it. And anything else that you might want to give us that um that nobody's heard yet. Um so feel free to do that when we when okay. we come in tomorrow. I want uh, to go ahead and the- play a- another song uh, for Tupac, and then say good night, Donald. Thank you so much again for joining us.
6: Thank you, and uh, everybody say a prayer for uh, for Pac and his material. Of
1: course, absolutely, absolutely.
6: Yeah. <laughs>
5: broken hard, so many questions when this began we was the perfect match perhaps we had the problems but we worked in that and now the arguments are getting loud, I want to stay but I can't help from walking out, So a little wait. just take my hand and understand if you can see, I never planned to be a man, it just wasn't me, but now I'm searching for commitment, and other arms.
1: Another one of my favorites. I
2: like
1: too. that. Yeah, I, I love that he, you know, he can take someone else's like music, you know, the, the sample or whatever, and and yeah. like just put something unique to it. That just it, it it just to me sometimes it overshadows the original one because mm-hmm. he just put so much more life in it, you know.
2: Right. I think uh, one of the one of the samples that he used that I just recently found out was a sample. uh, uh, Stevie Wonder song and that girl think that she's so
0: fine. Out of
2: nowhere, this this guy gets this harmonica sample, and I hear what Tupac used in "So Many Tears." And like I was half asleep when I heard it, but as soon as I heard, it, I woke up. I was like, "Whoa, how simple that!" It's just he, he <laughs> takes he takes from the late and the great, and uh, he basically remixes and remixes it into his own, and he turns it into something even better. So. You know, which a lot of people try to do nowadays, but end up failing. <laughs> you know, they're not pumped. Mm-hmm. But he's—he's he's pretty good when he does that. Whoever produces, they're pretty good when they when they do that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, I wanted to um, to ask you another question um, because I know that you're doing so much right now, and you're so busy. Your career is just taking off now. <laughs> out of the things that you're doing what do you think would make Tupac the proudest about you if he had known you personally for what you're doing now?
2: I think what would have made Tupac proud is basically me waking up and, you know, giving him my all. You know, that's, that's one which are, which would definitely make him proud. Uh, what else would make him proud is basically staying true to myself, you know, not letting anything or anyone break me. Um, and, you know, helping who needs to be helped, helping what needs to be helped. The same thing that he did, basically taking it and doing it now. For, you know, the, the generation now, for the for the people here now, I think will make him extremely proud and I do it as if he's here. Yeah, <laughs> as if he's still here. So, you know, I still I still am highly motivated by Tupac. So with this you know, I look back and I would be like, "Okay, what would Tupac do in this situation?" And I use it, and um, it he definitely motivates me still. So that's what I would, that's what I would do.
1: Wow! Now the song that you that you um created, "Letter to Tupac," that we played earlier, um, what were you thinking about when you created that?
2: I was thinking, to be honest with you, I was thinking how long it has been since he's been gone. That's what I was thinking. I was like, really, it has been over a decade, really. It's been 14 years since he's been gone, but really my manager, my manager, Kevin Nestle, he came up to me, he was like, Troy, you know, to find out on September 13th, right? I was like, yeah, I know. He's like, you should do your letter to pop. I was like, that is not a bad idea. I'm going to start that, right? He's like, and then we should release it on September 13th. I was like, you know what, Kev? Let's do it. So I started writing immediately. Right? I just just went straight into it. Every time I would say something that that represented Parkin in such a good way, Kevin would be in the uh, Kevin would be in the kitchen and he'd just start laughing. He'd be like, "Man, that's good." He's like, "You keep going, that's good, that's good." But really, that's what when I I just thought of two parts of legacy when I wrote that song, the beautiful beautiful side of his legacy, even the bad sides, and I turned it into positive things and how he would do it. It was just man. I just thought of Tupac and Jr. Everything that he did, everything that he stood for. It came to my mind when I wrote that song.
1: Wow. And you did a great job on that song too. You know, everybody want to hear hear it again. And you know, and we did put the link in there in the chat room so everybody can go check it out on YouTube. And um, tell tell us briefly about the movie that you're doing. Um, actually,
2: there are two movies. Uh The first movie was entitled Laying My Past to Rest. It is uh, written and directed by Geron Devalier, um, excellent writer. Uh It's based off his novel, which he wrote, which is uh titled Laying My Past to Rest also. Um, I am the main character of three. There are three main characters in the movie. I play one of them. My name in the other movie is Devontae Williams. I am basically a trouble-minded kid. Um, this is my senior year. High school, and it's either if I don't graduate high school, I'm going to jail. Pretty much, you know, I'm, I'm on probation. So if I don't graduate high school, I'm going to jail. And basically, throughout the whole movie, it just shows my my process as you know, it, it just shows my process of turning negativity into positivity. And it's it shows that you know most trouble most troubled males out there that you know people like me and people like Tom, that there is a way for you to do right. And it basically, throughout the whole movie, it basically shows the growth of him as not just a boy but as a man. And I think it, I, I've seen the movie twice. Uh, it, it should be coming out on DVD really, really soon. Um, I love the movie. It's, it's excellent. I look at myself on the screen like I cannot believe I'm, I'm actually acting up here. It's it's really good. Um, and the second movie is uh, entitled My Brother's Keeper. Um, you know, it's like my sister's keeper, of course, except it's the kind of the male version. I play the brother. Um, my name is Justin in the movie, and that movie has a lot of twists and turns to it. Basically, it's showing it's showing how how you struggle, you know. How it's it's about his, uh, me, the brother, and me and my, uh, me and my sister. We stay together, and basically, me trying to do right when I'm with my sister, but when my sister closes her eyes and when she turns her back, I'm out here doing you know the things that I know that I shouldn't be doing. That movie has a lot of twists to it. With that, you guys are going to have to wait till that one comes out. Um, it's a really good movie, though. Uh, filming it was a lot, a lot of fun, I must admit.
1: Well, it looks like you're on a really great and tremendous path in your career, and it's not all into just one direction. So I'm very happy for you that you're so blessed right now, and, and I hope that everybody else sees that you know, don't stick with just one part of that whole entertainment industry, so many different options available for everybody. Tupac was um, certainly getting into that himself and doing very well at it. And, you know, of course, it's sad that we don't have him anymore. But, you know, to keep those memories and keep what he was trying to do going on, we should just respect, you know, what his goals were and and get past all the controversy and um, know that he was still a human being capable of making mistakes. And also being confused and, and misled or, you know, not understanding what the next thing could happen for him with, you know, any kind of decisions he was making. That can happen to anybody. So, you know, we can't put it on him like he was such a bad person. I've heard people with a lot of rumors that never really got into him. Um, but I'm here to tell them that, you know, it could happen to anybody. And you know, it's based on what you do with your life. And he was trying to do something really great and he was getting there. So but I'm I'm grateful that I have known him during my lifetime. I wanna thank you so much, Troy, for being my very special guest co host. You are welcome back anytime. Lucy, and I thank wish you back I wish you all the best for your career. I wanna play um one last song that is one of my favorites from Tupac, and I also want to say thank you to the chat room for hanging in there and um please be sure to check us out tomorrow. when We have Donald Xavier uh next week we have um Big Jig from the West Coast on the show as well, so I hope everyone has a wonderful night and enjoys the song. This is in the air tonight it's um a song that I love from my Miami Vice era, and Phil Collins and Tupac did his little version, so I love that song and it's just it's like being in a car. So everybody enjoy it. Have a great night. Thank you so much, Troy. I will talk to you um, later. All and right. everybody enjoy everything. All
5: right. Just looking back at-